Welcome back this morning. Uh, we are going to pick up where we left off two weeks ago uh, with our fourth and final week of this series, Small Things, Big Difference. <clears throat> Last week we took off uh, for, uh, we took a break from our series for uh, Football Sunday. We heard from several NFL players, uh, share their stories, some of whom played in the Super Bowl. And, you know, even if you're not, I love that, uh, you know, I, I love it when we do Football Sunday because even if you're not a football person, even if you don't care for sports at all, it's not about the game, it's about the stories in people's lives. And they share their stories, they share what's going on. A lot of times we forget that football players, you know, in the NFL or whatever, they're real people dealing with real issues and uh, uh, they need the help of a real God. And uh, they share their stories and, and that's always good. Uh, and I... You know, uh, I, I do want to also congratulate those of you who are um, Patriot fans uh, on their win over the Rams last week. I know we've got several of you here. We're still praying for you, but, um, <laughs> but uh, congratulations for, uh, uh, for the victory. So, what? A job well done. A job well done. Yes, next year it's the Colts, right? How many want to see the Colts win next year? How many want to see the Bears? <clears throat> Bengals? They've had enough. <laughs> All right. So anyway, we're going to pick up with our and, and, and finish off this series. We're a little we're a bit weak behind because of the snow day that we had a couple weeks ago. <coughs> so um, or a few weeks ago, whenever it was. Um, I, I, I'm really excited about today's message. It, it's because it's, you know, it, it, it's a short but very practical message that really has powerful potential. Um, when we, the things that we're going to talk about today, when we just simply do them, simply just put them in practice, they have powerful potential to change our lives. Um, all the things, that, the, 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 and the things that we're going to talk about today, it's, it's, it's like, it's not rocket science, and it's, it's well within the reach of each one of us, uh, if, if we'll just do it. So, but that's the key. You know, the last few weeks, we've been seeing how it's the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. It's the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. We have to be willing to do the small things to bring about the big change in our lives. You know, everyone has big things that they would like to see happen. Everyone. Everyone has something big that they would like to see happen. And, you know, it could be, you know, my big thing is I want to get healthy. I want to get healthy again. I want to, you know, I'm out of shape or I want to get fit. I want to get healthy, whatever. Or it could be, you know, I've been struggling under debt all my life. I want to get out of debt. Or maybe it's for a marriage and family to be restored or a relationship to be reconciled. It could be any number of things. You know, big things that, that, that we want to see happen, but the way to get to them is by consistently focusing on doing the small things. And the word there, the key word in that is consistently. Not just once, twice, three times, four times, consistently. 
and that takes discipline. Now, discipline can be difficult because it requires doing something even when I don't see results. As we're doing the small things, we usually don't see much change because the change takes time. So I've seen so many people, they start to do small things or moving in a direction, but after a short while, it's like, well, nothing, I'm quitting, you know, nothing's, n- n- nothing's happening. I don't see anything. We don't always see anything right away. It takes time. See, we're conditioned to want quick results, right? I mean, think about it. That's why we have microwaves and instant pots. How many have a microwave and an instant pot? Yeah, we don't want to wait three or four hours for a dinner, you know, to, 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 uh, to, for, to, for a meal to eat. We want it in 20 minutes or less, start to finish, right? That's what we want. We order a pizza, and they say, the other day I ordered a pizza, and, and they say, okay, we'll be there in 30 minutes. Now, usually when they say 30 minutes, I know it means like 15 or 20, and they get it to my house, right? Well, 30 minutes came and went. And I'm ready to call them. <clears throat> In fact, I've got them on the phone, you know, after about, you know, 35 minutes because they're usually early. I say, hey, do you have trouble finding my house? Anyway, so I'm on the phone. I'm looking out the door, and I see Pizza Express, Express drive by. And they just kept on driving right, by the, right down, the, house, down the, the, the road. And so I hung up, you know, when I saw them coming, I hung up because I thought, okay, they're here. Nope, they just kept on going. I waited a couple of minutes. And then I texted David, because he lives down the street from us, and said, hey, if uh, pizza comes to your house, it's for us. And uh, he was having a meeting at the house that night, and I don't know if he would have thought I would have just generously sent him one. No, but we were hungry. It was for us, my pizza. And uh, anyway, so uh, he texted, not here yet, and several more minutes went by, and um, I... It's not, it never showed up. And then he said, oh, just arrived. It'll be there in just a minute. Waited about another five minutes. And like 10 houses down and across the street, it doesn't take that long. Finally, he pulled up. And then he sat in front of our house for two or three minutes. You know, I don't know what he was doing. They finally brought it up to the house. So we had to wait. I mean, of all the nerve, we had to wait for our pizza. We were, I mean, we had hungry kids in the house. The grandkids were there, and they were hungry. I mean, we had patience, of course. Um, it's not that we were hungry. We were just thinking of the grandkids. Um, anyway, we like things fast. We want a computer that'll start up fast, you know. And, and you know, the other day I was waiting for a restart on my, well, actually yesterday, I was waiting for a restart on my computer. And the thing just kept going around and around and around and around. And I waited, I don't know how long, and finally I forced, uh, uh, forced, shut off my, forced quit my computer, you know. So it forced everything to shut down, then restarted and had to wait, and then it finally all started up. Uh, we don't like that, you know. Uh, we want an internet connection that will download instant, instantly. When, when we want something, we see something that we want, what do we do? Go home and say, okay, I'm going to start putting away some money. I'm going to start saving some money until I have this much money, and then I'm going to buy it. No. We pull out the plastic, and we lay that down, and we say, 
I want it, and I want it now. And, you know, we want things now. We don't like, uh, we, we don't like to wait. See, everything around us encourages us to be impulsive rather than disciplined. But God knows that impulsive doesn't work for the long haul. But, okay, what do I mean by, by discipline? What, let's, let's clarify here what I'm talking about. Discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. Choosing between what you want now and what you want most. When there's an area of your life where you are seeing success, you can be sure that there are disciplines in place, habits that have been developed that are contributing to that success. If you are physically fit, it's because there's disciplines in your daily habits that are helping you stay that way, that help you get that way, and that are helping you stay that way. If your marriage is healthy and strong, it's because there are disciplines in place. On the other hand, if there's an area of your life where you're not seeing the success that you would like to, there are disciplines you can put in place Habits you can develop to help you take you where you want to be. You know, if you're struggling financially, there are disciplines or habits that will help build stability in your finances. Struggling with an addiction, there are disciplines that will help you stay free of the addiction. If your marriage is struggling, there are disciplines you can put in place that will help your marriage. If you want to see more consistency in your spiritual walk, there are disciplines that you can practice that will help you see that and develop that and see and maintain that that consistency. I mean, and typically, the kinds of things that we're talking about are things that we would all agree they're good practices. But it's one thing to agree with it, and it's another thing to consistently practice them, right? All the good intentions. But we don't always follow through with all the good intentions, do we? I mean, it can be a struggle sometimes. Have you ever asked yourself, why can't I just do what I want to do? Why can't I just do what I know I should do? what I want to do? Why can't I be consistent? Oh, how many times I've said that over different things? You're not alone. And here's a familiar passage we've looked at a number of times by the Apostle Paul. It's from Romans 7. I'm going to pick out some of the verses there. I don't really understand myself, for I want to, for I, I, I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I, don't want to, I, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I mean, ever found yourself in that spot? I want to do this, but I just find that I can't. I, I, I'm struggling with it, you know? I want to eat healthy, but that supersized bacon double cheeseburger is calling my name. I go into the restaurant thinking I'm going to eat some, a salad or I'm going to eat something that's healthy, but you put bacon on a cheeseburger and some pepper jack cheese... Or even better yet, a Monte Cristo. Do you know what a Monte Cristo is? A Monte Cristo, there's several different kinds, but the real kind is this. You take ham and turkey and, 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 and cheese, and you put it on and make a sandwich out of it. You take that sandwich and you dip it in batter, not pancake batter like some places around here do, but you dip it in batter, and then you deep fry it. Oh, and then you cut it diagonally in half, and then 
you put some like strawberry jam or preserves a little bit on top of it. And the raspberry? Raspberry, okay. Any, something with the seeds. It's got to have the seeds in it. And then you take powdered sugar and sprinkle it over the top. And then, that's a Monte Cristo. That's the real one. And then you eat it. And then your arteries clog. And they say, why didn't you choose the salad? But your stomach says, ah, I'm glad you didn't choose the salad. Right? We make choices. We, we, you know, we, we have all these good intentions. Now I've got everybody hungry. I better hurry this up so we can all go to lunch and, make, and have salads, right? Okay. You know, we, 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 we want to do one thing. We end up doing another. You know, and it, and, and, and it says, I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one that's doing it. It's sin living in me that does it. It's sin living in me that causes me to want that Monte Cristo. Okay, uh, discipline is not something that comes naturally to us. If it did, it wouldn't be a struggle, would it? Right? It doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come easy. How many times have we been ready to give up on something and just say, it's no use, I can't do it, I can't change? You ever been there? I've tried to change. I just can't do it. Next verse. Oh, what a miserable person I am. We've all been there. But then, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's the thing. In ourselves, we cannot do it but we are not left on our own. The answer, there, there is an answer to our dilemma, and the answer is in Jesus Christ. The answer is Jesus Christ. Because of him, I can change. Because of him, I can be transformed. Because of him, I don't have to stay the way that I am. I, 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 I can be a different person. In fact, the, the, the scripture says that in Christ, I am made new. I am a new creation. I am a new person in Christ. And that means the past doesn't dictate doesn't dictate my future. 2 Timothy 1:7, it's not in your uh, outline, but you can write the reference down and read it later. 2 Timothy 1:7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. When God makes us a new creation, we are given the power we need to live changed lives. We have the power we need to make different choices. We have the spirit of the resurrected Christ in us. We just need to make those choices. So how do we do it? How do we begin to walk in that spirit of self-discipline? How do we begin to, to, to walk in that and to see the change in our lives? Listen carefully to what Paul said to the church at Corinth. He said, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will, that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. Now, when Paul is talking about this race, <clears throat> he's not talking about two kids saying, I'll race you to that tree and back. He's not talking about that. He's making a reference to something in Corinth that everybody in the city would be familiar with. 
You see, in Corinth, every two years, they had these things called the Isthmian Games. They were run, be- the, 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 they were done or held before the years before and after, immediately before and after the Olympic Games, the Isthmian Games. And it was a big deal. It was a big deal for the community. You ran representing your community. It was a patriotic pride deal. It was a huge deal. And it required runners to train rigorously for 10 months. They would undergo rigorous training for 10 months, exercising great amounts of self-discipline. He says, I'm in this race, and I'm disciplining myself because I'm running to win. And then he explains, you know, see, in the the Isthmian races, they're they're going through all this self-discipline to win this prize that's going to fade away. It's a laurel wreath. What's a laurel wreath made out of? Leaves, which after a while will wilt and fade away. You ever collect anything as a kid? As a kid, growing up, I collected stamps. <laughs> Got some pretty cool ones, too, and pretty old ones that date pretty old. I collected stamps. I still have that collection. Haven't done anything with it yet, but it's still sitting there. It's in my closet. I can go to it, pull it out, look at it. Have you ever tried as a kid to collect leaves? You know, when you learn about different kinds of trees and you learn, you know, this is a a silver maple, this is a red maple, this is a pin oak leaf. Oh, this, these three are sassafras. And they're, you know, what's neat about sassafras leaves, it's the only tree around anywhere that on one tree you'll have three different shaped leaves. You'll have one that's just a basic leaf and you'll have one that's like a mitten with a thumb and then you'll have one, I can't do Spock's thing, that is like this, has, has three different sections. The only tree like that. You know, you learn about those things. How many ever tried collecting leaves when you were a kid? Am I the only one? Okay. Does anybody still have that collection now? Why not? Crispy. They fade away. They don't last. It's temporal. But Paul's saying... I'm running for a prize, and the prize I'm running for is eternal, something that will never fade. It will last forever. So if something that is as temporal as a laurel wreath will soon fade, if something like that is worth undergoing such rigorous self-discipline, how much more is an eternal prize that will last forever worth the self-discipline? Paul continues, so I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I, might, I myself might be disqualified. Purpose in every step speaks of intentionality, speaks of focus, speaks of discipline, speaks of consistency, speaks of endurance. Not just shadow boxing. You know, he's saying the same thing there in the negative. Fighter who gets in the ring and just throws punches aimlessly is not going to win. And they're not going to be standing up very long. So run with purpose. Run with purpose. And you do it by looking at the prize. 
You see, the prize makes the discipline worth it. The prize makes the discipline worth it. So rather than making the discipline your focus, I got to do this, I got to do, you know, I guarantee you, when the Patriots, when they were training this season, and they were going through, you know, the weight room, they're lifting weights, and they're, they're doing everything. I bet you they're not focusing on, wow, look how much weight this is. Or look at this exercise that I'm doing or that training that I'm doing. They're thinking, I'm doing this to win a goal. I'm doing this because I want that ring. We're doing this and doing it as a team because we want at the end of the season, we want to play the final game of the year and win it. And I guarantee you that when they held up that Lombardi trophy, that they weren't thinking, oh man, I could have worked out less. Run with purpose. Look at the prize. Don't set your eyes on the, on, and don't make the focus the discipline. Make the focus the prize. Focus on that. I mean, if you're an athlete competing for the Olympics, if you like the Olympic Games, I love watching the Olympics. If you're an athlete competing for the Olympics, what do you most want to win? What is it that you want to go for? The gold. You don't train to win the bronze. You don't train to win a silver medal. You train to win the gold. If you win a bronze and win a silver, that's great, but it's not, you know, that's not what you're going for. Well, silver is the second best. That's true. But that's not what you're going. I'll never forget when David was in high school, their football team south here, um, when he, um, they were playing in the state championship. And they were in that game playing Penn. I think it was Penn, yeah, up north. Final score, 22 to 21. Only Penn got the blue ribbon. South got runner-up. Out of all the teams in the state, they were second. The devastation on their faces because they weren't going for second. They were going for first, for championship. The next year, their theme was unfinished business. They went to the state championship. I mean, they focused on that, on, on, on every game on winning. They went to the state championship, and they won it. They did it. Bronze medal, silver, yeah, those are good things. But the gold, the prize, that's what you're training for. That's what you want. That's what you want to focus on. So you train and discipline yourself with your eye on the gold. In life, you have to ask yourself, what do I want the most? What is it that I want the most? Do I want, do I want to just settle for a bronze or a silver, just settle for, for something less? What is it that I want the most? Ask yourself that. 
What is at the top of your list right now? And it's, you know, it's something different for every person. There's something in your life that, you know, you've got a whole list of things that you want to see in your life. What is the number one thing? Is it to get out of debt? Is it to lose 20 pounds? Is it to break an addiction? Is it to marriage and family be healthy? Is it to develop consistency in your relationship with God? If you could have one thing right now, what would it be? I challenge you this week to figure that out. If it doesn't come to you right now, and it may come to you right now, but if it doesn't come to you right now, this week, figure that out and then write it down. Write it down on paper. Keep it in front of you. Look at it every day, often, throughout the day, and then ask yourself, what, one, what is one discipline that I need to do now to have what I want most? What's one discipline that I need to do now if I, you know, to get what I want the most. You want to get out of debt? What one thing do you start doing now? And it could be a number of things. It could be you were planning to go out, out, out to lunch after service and you don't have the money for it, so you're just going to pull out the card and, and, and charge it. Then maybe the thing you need to do right now is, not right now, but when we dismiss, go home and just make a lunch. Or maybe it's to start working on a budget. Start working on a, on a uh, uh, you know, and then sticking to it with every paycheck, not just once in a while. If you want to con develop consistency in your relationship with God, what one habit or one discipline can you develop and put in place that will work in your life that will take you there? What is one thing you can start doing? If you want a healthy marriage, what can you start doing now that will take you there? Or maintain a healthy marriage? What can you start doing now that will keep you, you know, keep, keep it healthy? And, and, you know, and, 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 you know, along those lines, if you would like help with that, I want to make, I, I want to tell you, be sure you do not miss the next four weeks because we are going to begin to, uh, to do a series next week looking at four things that will help you work toward a marriage that's healthy and that is thriving or help you work toward that or, to, or, or maintain that. And, and, you know, and, and for, you know, whether you're married or whether you're, you're wanting to get married, whether you're never wanting to get married, you know, there is going to be something for you in this series. So I want to encourage you to come. But in particular, in particular, those that are, that are married and, and are, are, are considering that. So th 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 those are two questions for you to think about this week. What do you want the most? And what do you need to do now to have what you want the most? Figure those things out and then do it. And begin to work the disciplines to develop the habits that will get you where you want the most. And it's not like things are going to change overnight. It's the small things. It's the small things that no one sees those small disciplines, those little daily things that will make the big difference that everyone wants. I'd like to have the worship team come on up. <coughs> Starting place, if you haven't already done so,
is to surrender your life to Jesus. If you've never done that before, let me ask you a question. How's it working out for you? How's it working out for you? Before I surrendered my life to Jesus, I was empty. I was lost. My life was a mess. I was full of anger. I was not a nice guy. Jesus Christ has made the difference in my life. That's where it starts. It starts by taking that step and saying, Jesus, I'm going to step over the line and trust you with my whole life. Not just part of it, but every area. That's what he wants. That's what it means to make, to be a disciple. It means to learn and trust him with every area. The things that we think are going good and the areas that we're so aware are broken. If you've never done that, then you can do that right now. I know we already, we already uh, gave an opportunity, but I want to give an, another opportunity. So maybe you've been sitting here thinking, you know, I wonder if I should have done that. If that's what you're thinking, the answer is yes, you should have. Because every one of us needs it. So I want to pray a prayer. And if this is you, then as I pray, just say in your heart, say, yes, Lord, that's me. I want this. I want it. And just let him know in your heart. Lord Jesus, my life is broken and, and it's, it's not working out well for me. I can't, I can't do this myself. I've tried, but there's just so much junk there. I need help. And I don't need you just to help me. I need you to just come in and take over. I heard earlier today that you died on the cross for me and that you rose from the dead to give me life. That's what I want. That's what I want. So Lord, come into my life and cleanse me. Come into my life and, 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 and take away my sin. Take away uh, uh, all the junk that's inside. Begin to heal the brokenness. Make me into a new person with your righteousness, not my own. And Lord, help me to, to, to begin to walk as you would have me to walk. Teach me each day how to walk with you and empower me to do what you want me to do. Empower me to be the person that you have created me to be, have called me to be. Now empower me to be that person. Come in and take over in Jesus' name. Amen.